walk as He walked. Those who worship the Lord, worship in spirit and truth. Those who say that they know Him must walk as He walked. He is the way and the truth, and in Him is the life. If we obey His word. Walk in the light, He is the way and the truth, and in Him is the life. If we obey His word, then we walk in the light. If we say that we know Him, but we don't keep his word. Then we walk in the darkness, and the truth's not in us. If we walk in the light, we will have fellowship sweet, and the blood of Jesus will cleanse us from sin. He is the way and the truth, and in Him languages. Who is this? Did somebody take over the controls? That's what you were thinking, but uh, it was just me typing to you good morning in a variety of languages, the first being Arabic. Sabah al-Khar, good morning, good day. And if you were in Palestine, this would be a language that you would be speaking. Shalom, of course, we know what shalom is. That is Hebrew. And it's interesting. If you type into translator um, an English word and ask, you can try it. I mean, put in Google Translator and in, in your Google, and it will bring up a translator. If you put English to Hebrew, um, it will give you the Hebrew, but it doesn't actually give you the translation. It doesn't give you the alliteration into uh uh, English lettering, it just gives you the Hebrew lettering, which hmm, makes me wonder why Why is it that way that they don't have that? But anyway, it is uh, Wednesday, and today is the 29th day of November. We're in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and uh, we're talking about the operating system for the church. Um, 
And it's interesting. Those of you that have been around the church for uh, a long time, um, I don't just necessarily mean our church, but I mean churches in general, um, you you may find, you may have found that sometimes churches don't necessarily operate in the operating system that God has given for us to operate in. And um, because we're more inclined to need to be right than we are to uh, act in love. So First uh, Corinthians 13 comes packaged between First Corinthians 12 and 14. Huh, how about that? Um, but this section comes together. Really, it should be read as a unit, chapter 12, chapter 13, chapter 14, because it is all dealing with love. It's not, 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 I'm sorry, not with love, but with spiritual gifts. Um, it Ultimately, in chapter 14, we'll get into propriety and order in worship. Um, and chapter 13 is really the operating system. Uh, within we are within which we are supposed to function uh, as we live our lives and, and uh, so we're going to get into chapter 13 first Corinthians and take a look I'll probably take us back to some of what Jesus had to say in the uh, in the upper room discourse uh, slash uh, uh, walk over to the Kidron uh, through the Kidron Valley to um, the Mount of Olives which is John 13 through 17, and see some of the things that Jesus had to say there. It's just interesting to me, fascinating to me, that although the instructions are so uh, abundantly clear, how we so easily uh, go astray from those instructions. Let's get into it here. First Corinthians chapter 13, uh, he says, If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels... So he's talking about earthly languages and heavenly languages. He's talking about human languages and spiritual languages, what we would call tongues. It says, but don't love others. I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but didn't love others, I would be nothing. Um, it says, if I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it, but if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Now, I'm, I'm going to stop there uh, and not go further in, in the dialogue yet to hear this morning because I, I want us to, to just understand what Paul is saying. In fact, let me read this in the message and see how uh, Eugene Peterson puts it. He said, if I speak with human eloquence and angelic ecstasy, but don't love, I'm nothing but the creaking of a rusty gate. Creak! If I speak God's word with power, revealing all his mysteries and making everything plain as day, and if I have a faith that says to a mountain, jump, and it jumps, but I don't love, I am nothing. If I give everything I own to the poor and even go to the stake to be burned as a martyr, but I don't love, I've gotten nowhere. So no matter what I say, what I believe, what I believe and what I do, I'm bankrupt without love. Love is the operating system within which we are to function. When we go back over to uh, to um, 
me take us over there. To, I'm going to put us in the NIV 84, uh, over into the book of John, chapter 13. Uh, he gives a command, and this is the command. First, he gives us an example, but then he gives us a command down in verses 31 through 35. He says this. Uh, when he was gone, Jesus, he being Judas, when Judas was gone, Jesus said, Now is the Son of Man glorified, and God is glorified in him. If God is glorified in him, God will glorify the Son in himself and will glorify him at once. My children, I'll be with you only a little longer. Now this, again, this very evening in in which we're reading from John chapter 13, he will be betrayed and arrested, and the next day he will be crucified. So really, when he's saying a little longer, he only means hours, if that. Uh, You will look for me, and just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now where I'm going, you cannot come. A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this all men will know that you're my disciples, if you love one another. And and for so many of us, we've made it that, um, you know, I, it, they'll know that we're Christians by our truth. Uh, they'll know that we are Christians by how... Um, By what version of Bible you use. Uh, They'll know we're Christians by the way we dress. Now, I mean, these things can be somewhat of an indicator, perhaps. Okay? Uh, However, uh, Jesus drills it down deeper, and he says, they'll know you're Christians by your love for one another. This is to be our distinguishing characteristic. I have had people say to me, you know, talking about love is all woke wait a minute, no, this is Jesus talking here, and the Apostle Paul talking in 1 Corinthians 13, telling us to love. Again, he said, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you. So the disciples would be looking at Jesus and thinking about how he engaged this this Samaritan woman at at the well in John chapter 4. They would be thinking of how he encountered the, 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 the prostitute, uh, in John chapter 8, they would be thinking of how he dealt with beggars and blind people. They'd be thinking of how he raised Lazarus from the dead in John chapter 11. They would be thinking of how he dealt with the religious people uh, who were all snooty. Uh, and he would be, they would be thinking of how he dealt with a person who had the shriveled up hand and Jesus said, stretch out your hand. They'd be thinking of how Jesus dealt with the leper and Jesus would touch the leper. I mean, Jesus knew better than than the fact that maybe touching a leper didn't mean you were going to get leprosy. It, plus, operating in faith and operating in, in the confidence of God. He operated in love, and the disciples were witnesses of all of that, and so they saw how he had loved people up to this point. Tomorrow, next day, the day after he says this to them, He will give his life. The ultimate in John chapter 15, he will say no greater love has a man than this than he laid out his life for his friends. He is given the ultimate example of love. Now, let me take us back over to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Uh, It's great you can compare John 13 and 1 Corinthians 13. Make that note in the margin of your Bible uh, as it talks about love. 1 Corinthians 13 
Uh, Paul says, I can do all of these things, but if I notice what he says in verse 1, if I do not have love, I'm a loudmouth, basically, is what he says. And he says in verse 2, uh, I, I, I can have the gift of prophecy. Now, that, that can be either the foretelling of future or the foretelling of the word of God as it's given to us. Preaching, powerful preaching, as I think Peterson put it. Or, or I can have great wisdom. I can have a faith that makes things happen. But if I don't have love, I am nothing. So uh, I'm a noisemaker. I'm nothing. And again, he says, in verse 3, if I give all I possess to the poor, we cannot give what we have to other people um, wanting other, uh, wanting credit, wanting applause. If we give all we possess to the poor and, and don't really have love if we're doing it because we want to say, hey, look at me, I, I gave such and such so much money, uh, you know, and, and there are those of you that uh, have been phenomenal supporters of me. And, and and by the way, let me just say, I want to thank you for your support uh, that, that is coming through Concentric. Uh, there are uh, some of you who are giving on a very regular faithful basis. I see those. I get those. I, I need to get my systems in order to be able to be more responsive. Uh, I am... By the first of the year, beginning a, a crusade, if you will, uh, to to I'm, I'm I'm seeking to enlist 300 partners and uh, uh, people who will will be financial partners, people who will be prayer partners, uh, and, and I go back to Gideon, and uh, that will be in, in the letter that will come out. Uh, you know, the, uh, Gideon started with several thousand soldiers, and God brought him down to 300. And so 300 is the number the Lord has given me uh, of partners that I'm seeking. And you can go. Uh, I've I've had it uh, there before. Um, you can go to Concentric right here, concentricglobal.org backslash give, and, and find just find my name down there. There'll be a little box is where you want to give to, and, and you go to that box, click on that, and then you can determine. In fact, it might operate. You'll figure it out. Uh, there's a way, uh, and uh, you, you can become, become just automatic uh, automatic, and automated in your support. Uh, there's much to do uh, coming up uh, you know, over the next year, and would love to have your support. Now, let me get back to the text and talk about what the text is saying. Uh, you can't get a gold star for doing that. Now, you, you have my full, mine and Wendy's uh, full appreciation. The people whom we're supporting, you have their full appreciation. We just sent money uh, two days ago uh, to Kenya to the uh, refugee camp there to help them complete a building. And, uh, I mean, you're, you're a part of that. So I just I want to say thank you. Uh for that, but but if we're looking for gold stars and men's applause, we're missing it. We need to operate in love, uh, and perhaps you've been around those conversations where people want to fight over all kinds of things. I mean, there have been church splits over deviled eggs, and, and, and I'm serious. And not 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 our church. We've not split over something like that, but there have been there are stories of churches that. People were so convinced that you can't have the word devil in the eggs that and if you had deviled eggs in a potluck, then you didn't have the blessing of God. And 
And literally, I mean, there are things like that or contentious, and, and we don't see these. It's been a long time since we've had these types of things where you see contentions uh, in church meetings uh, that, that uh, people are out of bounds. Um, but it does happen or has happened in the past. We are called to operate in love. Now, now he goes on and gives some definition to what love is, and often this this section is used at weddings, but really it's meant for the body of Christ. He says this, love is patient, love is kind, it does not envy, it does not boast, it is not proud, it is not rude, it is not self-seeking, it is not easily angered, it keeps no records of wrongs, uh, love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Now, really, I think where it says love never fails in verse 8 should have been the conclusion in verse 7, but that's not the way that the person who put the numbers in here did it. Uh, I think it should have been part of verse 7. doesn't matter. That, that That's a small detail. It's keeping me from operating in love. I need to operate in love. Um, but you look at all of the things that are said. Let me put the message translation or paraphrase up. It says, love never gives up. Love never gives up. Love cares more for others than for self. Love doesn't want what it doesn't have. Love doesn't strut. Love doesn't have a swelled head. Love doesn't force itself on others. Love isn't always me first. It doesn't fly off the handle. It doesn't keep score of the sins of others. It doesn't revel when others grovel. It takes pleasure in the flowering of truth. It puts up with anything. It trusts God always, always looks for the best, never looks back, but keeps going on to the end. Love never dies. That is the message paraphrase. And, and we can go to the New Living Translation. And, and it's kind of back to what we had read in the uh, uh, in the NIV. And so you look at this. And so you, you when you think about loving somebody or you, you think about some, you can think of your spouse. Start at home if you're married. Uh, you can think of your kids if you have kids, your grandkids if you have grandkids. Um, but then it goes out into the church first, and then the community, church, then community. Are we patient with, with each other? Uh, are we kind with each other? Uh, are we not jealous or boastful or proud with each other? Uh, are we rude? Do we cut people off? You know, and, and that can be something, and I, I do that sometimes, and I'm trying to learn to hold my tongue until someone has finished speaking and then say, well, I, I have another thought on that. Uh, and sometimes it isn't like force my way in, like, um, you know, pushing someone aside, but but not waiting until someone has finished speaking. Uh, you know, love demands its own, love doesn't demand its own way. You have to do it my way or else. Uh Notice it also says here, this is the New Living Translation, it isn't irritable. I mean, if you're always irritable, and I'm going to tie this to something else in just a moment. If it's always irritable, there's a spiritual problem. Uh, and also, it doesn't keep records of wrongs. If you're a person who is inclined to 
keep a record of wrongs, to uh, harbor unforgiveness, to harbor ill will, to harbor jealousy, to harbor bad feelings. Can I tell you, you're living outside the reach of God? Can I tell you that you're living outside the will of God? Can I tell you that he wants you to deal with that issue and, and, and grant forgiveness? In fact, um, there's so many different things going through my mind right now. Let me take you back real fast to Matthew, and then we're going to jump from Matthew 6 um, over to Galatians 5. Matthew chapter 6, at the conclusion of what we commonly call the Lord's Prayer, let me put this in the NIV 84 because it will be more familiar to most. Toward the end of the prayer, he says, Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. Some, like the King James, will say, Forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. Then verse 14 and 15, these verses get overlooked all the time. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. Yeah, we all want the forgiveness of God, don't we? But then it goes on and says this, But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. We are called to grant forgiveness. Now, let me take us to another section of Scripture. Let me take us to Galatians chapter 5. And you'll see the connection here to uh, 1 Corinthians 13 in in just a moment as I get us down there. Verse, uh, I'll begin at verse 16. Some of this will, this doesn't apply to me, but, you know, if the slipper fits, you put it on. It says, so I, I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the spirit. Spirit, what is contrary to the sinful nature. They're in conflict with each other so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. He goes on, talks about the, the acts of the sinful nature are obvious. Well, yeah, well, those are obvious. Sexual morality, that's obvious. Impurity, that's obvious. Uh, idolatry, yeah, that's obvious. Witchcraft, yeah. But then, then here are some areas that we then tend to overlook. In fact, there's a study, and uh, one of our groups in our church did this study. Um, oh, Jerry Bridges. Oh, I can't think of the book title right now. Something Sins. Uh, and it talks about the sins that we tend to excuse. Excusable sins. Uh, that, that isn't the, the, the book title. Um, I'll find it for you. I'll put in Sins and Jerry Bridges, and the book title will come up. Maybe Don can look that up for us. Um, it's a great little book because we will tend to forgive ourselves or overlook things like hatred or discord or jealousy and fits of rage. Well, I got into a huff, and I'm entitled to be in a huff. Uh, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy. Okay, so those are ones that we will tend to overlook. Then, then it jumps back into other ones like drunkenness. You go, I have no problem there. Or Jesus, no, not me. Uh, and then it says, and the like. So there are some that we go, well, I don't, don't have any problem with, with those at the beginning. I don't have any problem with those at the end. But those right here in the middle uh, in verse 20, 
in the beginning of verse 21 are ones that we often will overlook. But then he gets down into this. Verse 22, he says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. So what I would tell people is that if you are uh, finding yourself lacking in patience, uh, that's the flesh speaking, not the spirit. The spirit gives us the ability to demonstrate patience. If you're finding yourself wanting to be unkind, that is the flesh speaking, not the spirit. So you say, soul, get back in step with the spirit. Uh, If you find yourself uh, not wanting to be gentle or or out of control, that the spirit gives those things. The fruit of the spirit is these things. And the very first one that was mentioned As we look at the passage, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love. Now, let's tie together Galatians chapter 5, which we just looked at. Let's tie together also uh, John chapter 13, where Jesus gave us the command to love. He'll repeat that command in John chapter 15. And then today in 1 Corinthians 13, Paul reiterates love and what love is. And so... We look at ourselves, and, and, and I mean, you could hold yourself up to, I could hold myself up to, if we were to put this into a checklist fashion uh, and, and put a check mark beside the areas where where we're doing okay. I mean, if we were to put, just list patience, kindness, does not envy, not boastful, not proud, not rude, not self-seeking, not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs, doesn't delight in evil, rejoices in the truth, always protects, always trusts, always hopes. And if you put this in a in a list, the question would be how many of them could we put a check mark beside and say, I'm doing okay there? Where are we not doing okay? And and again, there is a human element to this that, that we can uh that we can uh, apply ourselves to uh, and put some effort into, but there is a spiritual element. It, it comes down to the work of the Holy Spirit at work within us and us keeping step with the Spirit so that we can live these things out. We cannot live these things out of our own volition. We need the help. We need the work of the Holy Spirit to be able to live these things out. Now, we've really accomplished a few things this morning. I, I, I'm going to have to come back to 1 Corinthians 13. I mean, let's make sure that we're just not clanging cymbals. Uh, let, let's make sure that, that as we're exercising our gifts, we're exercising them with all the love that Christ would pour into our hearts. I want to just show you one final other verse here this morning, just just as an encouragement it's Romans chapter 5 and verse 5. It says, hope does not disappoint us. In fact, verse 3 says, uh, we rejoice in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance. Perseverance produces character and character produces hope. And hope does not disappoint us because God has poured out his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit 
whom he has given us. It is God himself who gives us the ability to love. Not only does he give us the the call and the command to love, he gives us the wherewithal through the working of the Holy Spirit to be able to love. Love is the operating system. (coughs) Excuse me. We are called... (coughs) Excuse me. I swallowed wrong. We are called to operate in the love of Christ. So... Compare yourself with this passage and say, how am I doing? Lord, help us. Help us to live in your love that we might glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day, everyone. I'll see you tomorrow.